for me, it kind of has to begin in its most simplistic form with an idea. If I haven't got the actual, in its most simplistic form, an idea or a kernel or seed of a of a song or what it's going to be about, and that could be, you know, something as simple as two words. There could be a refrain and building a song around that. But if I haven't got that, then it just ends up being kind of a bit, a bit of a lost and confused process. That was the voice of singer-songwriter Jeremy Toplin, who lives in London. Um, Jeremy is a phenomenally talented songwriter and a really interesting guy to talk to about the machinations of his process. He uh, has to identify the seed and then explore that and watch it grow and learn how to cultivate it, I guess, you know, and uh, water it in the right way and figure out what he's really trying to say. His lyrics are amazing. They're so uh, clever and witty and also very, very in-depth. I find it quite hard to write lyrics like that myself, so it's been very interesting to dive into Jeremy's music and have a chat with him. We speak about many aspects of his songwriting processes and also about him being compared to uh, Bill Callahan on Shrooms, which I think is a wonderful thing to be said about anybody really, including Bill Callahan. So as always, before we dive into the conversation, here is a fantastic track from Jeremy called Gaia. Still live with, and it's 
make me never transpire Never worry, oh God, you're alright. Soon I will be leaving you too, and God, you'll be okay. Awesome, man. Um, it's lovely to be joined by you. Um, quite hard to put you in perspective for anybody who hasn't heard you. Um, I've got written down here folk rock Lutherio, who sounds like Bill Callahan on shrooms. <laughs> right. How does that feel? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, can, I guess those are two of the uh, kind of memorable pull quotes, but um, I guess, I don't know, to the, to, I don't kind of necessarily associate myself too strongly with those um yeah but you know it's nice uh, the people who uh review music have to come up with uh interesting and kind of unusual things yeah. to say you're, you're way more than that man i can tell you i mean i've in listening to your music you've got a lot of um i mean it's a lot of nick cave obviously but i got mm-hmm. like dandy warhols the national Leonard right. Cohen, obviously, and a bit of Bowie as well. You know, you've got a you've got a fair mm-hmm. old amalgamation of stuff, but you do sound like yourself as well. Okay. And the Thank question you. is, I mean, how did you how did you end up sounding like yourself? What happened? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I was always kind of uh, interested in music. I kind of um, most strongly from my teenage days, um, starting out with a kind of you know a school band. Um, playing covers almost entirely, uh, songs, people, uh, bands like the Lars and Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. it was quite an eclectic mix. Um, even, you know, Kings of Leon, anything really. Yeah. Um, but I would, I was always kind of singing, um, and playing guitar really badly. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of, it wasn't until my mid, mid twenties really that I, uh started taking uh my own kind of creations seriously um in terms of wanting to record music and release music um and i think it's just a kind of progression of um my own singing and kind of understanding my own voice uh that has got me to where it is now um, but yeah, all sorts of different influences throughout the years. Um, m- a lot of the ones, all of the ones really that you've mentioned, the ones that I would associate mm-hmm. um, as influences. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's um, it's an interesting one, I think, because like when I listen to your music, I wonder, do you write for your voice, or does your voice come around to what you write i think um yeah that's really um interesting question actually i kind of um okay i guess i like the fact that you've picked up on that because it is something that i'm I'm kind of coming to terms with myself i think initially when i was writing songs it was kind of i don't know if anyone's not many people probably have heard 
either of my very early EPs where I kind of had this voice that I was trying to project, a very strong baritone voice that I was mm. kind of um, imposing on all of my songwriting to a certain extent. Um, whereas these days I kind of have, I, I write a song or I'm writing a song and I'm kind of trying to develop the tone of the voice to suit the, uh, I guess, the, the feeling and the emotion and the style of the song. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's something that I think about quite a lot these days and more, more latterly really um, to kind of, yeah, yeah, not right, not kind of impose at my own voice, like a kind of a very strong voice that doesn't fit the song as much. And so it's kind of got yeah. more, more variety I mean, on it to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, you're not afraid to wash it out either with like loud guitars and things, which I really appreciate, you know, because obviously your mm -hmm. voice must take up a huge frequency range in the recording. Like mixing that, yeah. I mean, what do you do? You've got to pay homage to the voice. You've got to be with the voice. But there's times right. where you drown your voice out. And I think... I think yeah. I like the fact that artistically you're falling into the sort of like laying backwards into the net of music that you've created as well, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've, I've been working with Mark Estel, yeah, um, who's a sound engineer and, and um, record, um, studio recording engineer. Uh, in, um, he runs a studio in, um, in East London in Canning Town. And I've been working with him for a number yeah. of years, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of kind of uh, a two-way kind of partnership in how we kind of decide to mix everything. We mix everything together, um, and yeah, he does a really good job of fitting the voice and all the instrumentation um, around that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, that's Market Store, right? Mark Estel, uh, uh, yeah, and Market Store recording, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, mm. I took a look at that, actually, because I could see on your recording that that's mentioned there. Um, mm. It looks cool. It looks, it's it sort of, there's something about it that suits the way your music sounds. Like, it's not, you haven't gone big, bold, um, shiny. You've gone sort mm. of, like, grungy and, and I, I think, warm over everything else in the room. Yeah, it's got some kind of raw stuff. elements to it. It's kind of, you know, because as, as you said at the start, it is a mixture of lots of different sounds and styles. It's got, um, I mean, I, I fundamentally view it as, I try and view it as pop music, kind of dark mm. um, pop music, occasionally quite dark mm. and, and weird. But um, yeah, and in, incorporating all sorts of different sounds from indie rock to psychedelia um yeah. but kind of i guess based and stemmed from stemming from um just kind of songwriting traditions of um lyrical and storytelling masters i would get i would say you know from yeah, my early yeah. influences of you know when i first started writing songs and probably very much mimicking people like bob dylan and then it Cohen, that kind of lyrical na nature has always, always really stuck with me. Um, mm -hmm. So despite the kind of larger soundscapes, there's, um, it's always kind of, you know, uh, it maintains that uh, lyrical and storytelling aspect. Yeah, like, well, we could take your songs away from the production and they would stand up mighty fine on their own. So, you know, you're not lacking in that department and that is the tradition from which you've come. Was there a reason you started writing songs in the first place? Your own words, did something happen? 
in your life? Um, not, I mean, I think it was always kind of just something that I felt that was there, that was within me, that always that I kind of came back to and always wanted to do. Um, uh, I was kind of interested in music and literature when I was growing up and um, always kind of felt that that was something that I was. It kind of felt like it was something that I was good at before I was good at, or, you know, I was kind of able to do it. It mm-hmm. took kind of a lot of um, probably, you know, years of trying to write songs that didn't really go anywhere and then eventually kind of stumbled across um, a way of doing it, I guess. Um, and that was kind of, you know, more in my early 20s to my mid-20s. Um, and then it's kind of, you know, apart from a few break, a few breaks here and there, it's something that's never really left. Um, it's just kind of constantly something mm-hmm. that's going on. Always with that voice? Um, uh, the the singing voice I think the singing voice is kind of something that's developed and changed over the years and I I, I would to be honest I'd be surprised if that didn't continue to to occur um, into the future Um, that's healthy though you know yeah I mean I don't know I mean a lot of a lot of um, artists and musicians do seem to have the same voice and that's uh, something that I'm kind of I don't know if it's envious or um, admiring of but um, it's just not something that I tend to be doing it's uh, it's, it, mm. it, it constantly seems to be going on its own journey and I guess I guess I'm just happy for to, to let that happen yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to get out of your way sometimes. I mean, in listening to the, the you've got three albums, right? Which you mm-hmm. seem to have done in a rapidly short space of time. I don't know how you've done that. Like, I made an album, the last album I made was probably in 2017. And I'm like, great, I feel great. And you've done three albums in that, in that time. Um, and there is a progression in the albums. I listen to your music, some of your music, by the way. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds, it sounds really nice. Thanks, mate. Um, it's... Um, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is, is so I can sort of like figure out like the mistakes because this is a safe space to discuss mistakes one makes in one's career as well and mm-hmm. the things you do right and what you can do better and learning from other people. Like creativity, I think, is something that we should all be able to enjoy, particularly now as we have a crazy old virus doing the rounds or whatever it's doing. You know, we need to be more open about our yeah. creativity. So I think I've found... I found it amazing talking to the guests over the last while um, and, and talking to you is brilliant for me right now because I did a songwriting course last week. It wasn't a course, it was a cooperative uh, writing session thing. You know, you sit down and write with other people and I can do that, but I don't, it's not like, I don't want to do that. I, I don't, I don't really enjoy that. I feel it's like, it's an invasive procedure. I am the only person who wants to invade that space and I want to cut the vein myself and I want to pay tribute to the blood that comes out of it. Do you know what I mean? So, it's um it's been interesting. I was I was in Spain before Christmas, uh, and I've just this morning been going through sporadic recordings I made. I pressed record three hundred and seventy five times. I've got about 10, 15 hours worth of stuff to listen to, and I started listening to it, and I'm like, great, that's that's kind of me getting out of my own way listening to that. You know, I think that for me the best ideas do come from these moments where I'm like, I'm just gonna press record and something will come out, 
Is that your process? Is it similar? Um, no, I mean, I think that's a fascinating um, a- approach to take. I think um, mine tend to be probably completely different to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I go... Um, it takes me... Uh, I go through a long process, I would say, of of writing and um, kind of fine-tuning the song f- long before I ever get to the point of, of pressing or going anywhere near pressing record. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it can be a kind of, uh, I guess, the songwriting approach. For me, it kind of has to begin in its most simplistic form with an idea. Um, if I, I I can be playing around with on the guitar with chord structures and riffs and a structure or, or melody of a song and try and then just put some words to it. But if I haven't got the actual, in its most simplistic form, an idea or a kernel or seed of a of a song or what it's going to be about, and that could be you know something as simple as two words that could be a mm-hmm. refrain and building a song around that. But if I haven't got that, then um, it just ends up being kind of a bit, a bit of a lost and confused process. Um, right. So I, uh, yeah, it's kind of like almost like giving myself a brief or, you know, yeah, again, in a simplistic form idea. And um, once I've got that, then it can either be a quite a quick process, to be honest, very rarely quite a quick process. There's only a few yeah. golden moments in in my life where I've sat down to write a song over the course of an evening or maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, but mostly it's kind of more of an arduous figuring out kind of process and it can take a little bit of time. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that kind of goes against what you're saying about um my three albums in a in a in a short period of time but i guess yeah yeah i don't know i mean i I guess the first one was um there was a number of songs in that which i'd had for a number of years prior to prior to recording um Mm -hmm. and then i guess the albums that came out last year violet waves and pink mirror the year before that um were all just yeah um came about in a fairly short period of time i, I suppose um i don't know yeah. why or how that came about happened that way but it just did it's um yeah it's, it's a full-on thing isn't it but i think you spend like six years writing your first album and then you have to write a second <laughs> album and i'm like just don't bother with the second album just go straight on to the third album you know but right yeah, yeah. it has it has to arise at some point you know um but you've yeah. done you've done you've done so well to like continually come out with incredible songs but they all i think your albums sound like the songs are all part of the whole album like it sounds Mm -hmm. like it's a journey within like have you framed the album before you started working on the songs or um i think with uh pink mirror um I kind of started writing songs for that for that album within they kind of seemed to be of a similar ilk um and then once I'd kind of had this overarching idea for, for the title track which was 
Pink Mirror itself, which kind of it's kind of it, it, it's a very kind of for me looking back on it, it's a very strange song in a way because it's almost kind of like a theoretical uh, academic uh, uh, idea or n notion encapsulated into a pop song, which is something that I would never really try to do anymore um, because it kind of seems like kind of very obscure and and um, and 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 bizarre, I guess. But anyway, that kind of that notion of this pink mirror, this kind of um, rose-tinted uh, view of, uh, of of ourselves and society, was a kind of um, linking um, theme, I guess, to that album or, uh, in its entirety. Mm -hmm. And um, so that kind of came about halfway through writing that album. And then from then on, it was kind of almost seemed like very easy to find ideas for songs that would fit into that theme. And so that kind of came about very quickly in that in that yeah. sense. Um, Violet Waves, actually, I, I adopted a completely uh, opposite approach for that one because... <clears throat> I guess because of the fact that um, Pink Mirror was, in that sense, a little bit con conceptual, I want—I didn't want to do that again, at least for the um, duration of writing the Violet Waves album. I kind mm. of took an approach where each song was going to be um, a almost kind of story or um, complete world unto themselves, and. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, looking back at it as a whole kind of package, an album, a record, then it does have kind of, you know, linkages here and there with themes just because it was, you know, ideas that I had floating in my mm. head or subconsciously at that time. Yeah. But yeah, those are the kind of the two approaches for those. And it was, I guess, I guess having that kind of different approach for Byla Waves was quite liberating in a sense. It kind of, um, any kind of idea that I had to write a song about, uh, then I could just you know run with it instead of t having yeah. to kind of think about is it linking to this overall concept? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I guess it's nice to have different approaches for different things. Um, there's a track, the Beast, right? Which which album is the Beast on? Remind me. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the last song on on. Um, Pink Mirror. Pink Mirror, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah, in listening to that, uh, I've done that. I have actually taken my shoes off. And I, I remember walking across, was it um, Hackney Downs, walking across. I took off my shoes and I made it all the way across. And I was like, this is brilliant. And then I stood in some shit at the end of it. But I didn't care, man. All right. I, I felt okay. like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I really don't yeah, care yeah, about yeah. it. So yeah. I, I totally was bursting my whole laughing when you sung that. Like, yeah. <laughs> right okay you have a lot yeah. of humor in your in your words man you know um is that something you've done yourself um i have i have um yeah i have done that um and kind of um made uh the effort to kind of you know take off my shoes in not just fields but just grassy areas to kind of feel that because i don't know i think there is something to it and in the electrons moving into your body, I, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure how scientific it is, but 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's some it, those kind of things which are kind of, I guess, philosophical, um, or you know, even even kind of you know scientific points or you know nice messages which I try to include in my songwriting. Yeah. I kind of you know, as uh, your case in point. Um, suggest it, it, I kind of do it try to do it in a human humanistic kind of you know everyday way that can be kind of more relatable yeah but perhaps you're actually looking for the shit when you go walking through the field man you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just to feel it squidging through yeah, your maybe. toes and going it's not maybe. perfect it's not perfect I got the electron discharge but I'm like I need the shit as well you know to right. feel complete yeah exactly <laughs> yeah well that, that that's life though isn't it yeah that is life that totally is yeah. life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um there's another one of your songs where you said you tried meditation, but it was incredibly boring or something like that. <laughs> is, is that also something you've gone through? Um, yeah, well, I think it's kind of, um, that song was, uh, it's trying to, you know, the, the verses of that song are kind of wallowing in a kind of self, um, self dissatisfaction or pity or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's kind of being overly, down about um and cynical about kind of all these different um you know everyday everyday uh kind of everyday activities things that we go through but um yeah i mean i in, in kind of reality i do actually med try to meditate quite a lot it's something that i actually do try to practice mm. especially in kind of you know the situation that we all find ourselves in um cooped mm. up in houses it's you know good to try and exercise the mind as much as as much as the body yeah absolutely i'm a fan of transcendental meditation myself i really find it okay uh, it's a quick mm. fix it right. really has helped a lot and i just just even like being grateful for the fact that the sun rose in the morning that gets me through the day mm -hmm. you know because if that didn't happen we'd be in a lot of trouble you know what i mean so sure yeah, i'm yeah. happy with that you know would you would you call yourself um a pen and paper writer would you write with a screen or do you write in your head when you're walking around or how do you tackle your um words? so yeah in terms of like the practicality of it is just a kind of yeah notepad on a screen and i um mm. do all my lyrics um on there uh, i guess fundamentally it's because it's easier to edit and i go through so yeah. many different processes of kind of refining and editing um and changing all the time it kind of you know it can start off one thing and it can have that idea and it can start off being one thing and then it kind of when it on, on in in term, in on paper i guess you know um not literally speaking it kind of can then develop and go somewhere from that idea that you weren't expecting it kind of has a little you don't really have necessarily mm. that much control over it but um but yeah it's kind of uh when i am writing a song it tends to be all consuming i guess it's kind of with me all of the time um mm -hmm. and that's kind of like you know i guess uh you know when i'm walking down the street when i'm walking to the shop when i'm the other the other night i guess i think two nights ago i think i woke up at 2am uh and couldn't go back to sleep and then and I was just thinking about the chorus of the song that I just couldn't get right and then trying to think of the exact word that I needed to make it, um, you know, to try and link the chorus in, in terms of the sentiment 
to the rest of the song mm-hmm. to give it the right sentiment to have the right it drives me a little bit crazy i suppose and it's kind of yeah. you know have have the right um meaning um but also sound the right, you know have the right sound have the right syllables the consonants the right all these different things um going through my head and it, i can i think it ended up being a kind of very um basic word that i needed but um i guess what i'm trying to say is that yeah it is just kind of uh, an all-consuming process that um, that's kind of almost with you 24-7 when I'm writing a song. Um, there is a term I, I have for that, which is a wonderful burden to be a songwriter. You know, right. you, you possess okay. creativity, but creativity possesses you at the same time, right? Right, yeah. I mean, I was thinking of something similar, I think, when I was saying that. I think uh, both a blessing and a curse um, yeah. is, is a way of, of viewing it. But I mean, it's kind of it yeah. can be a bit of a torturous process, but uh, in a way that it's an enjoyable, torturous process. Um, yeah. Somehow, it's, it, it never feels like a chore. At least, even even if I'm awake from two to three a.m. trying to think of a, a single word. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that songs come to you in your dreams. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it sounded like quite a nice idea. Yeah, I mean, I think some some. Um, uh, songwriters in the in, in the past, I think um, John Lennon um, said that he you know, and and Paul McCartney said that they dreamt songs. I've I've had lyrics or maybe kind of melodies come to me mm-hmm. in sort of semi sleep states, um, and I've tried to put them in my phone. Sometimes, if I have the energy to do that, to record it into my phone, and it always ends up being something completely uh, unintelligible. To be honest, yeah. but um, I think it, I think there is definitely something there, um, a kind of you know a, a state that you move into where you kind of in between uh, conscious and subconscious um, uh, states of mind that yeah. can really um, can really open up some interesting uh, creative creative um, impulses. That's that's the thing I've been trying to sort of um, elaborate on is this existence of there being uh, this creativity or inspiration or ideas flowing constantly past us. And, and we've learned to yeah. hone our instincts and our abilities to translate that into something that other people can digest. Right. You know, yeah. Well, tapping the flow, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can I, I, I kind of almost find it is that it's a little bit. Um, frustrating to, f- to think that there is all of that going on there and you know perhaps only t- tapping into a very small amount of it sort of just the tip of the iceberg yeah so to speak but um yeah yeah but yeah i mean i think it was salvador dali who you know he used to take probably all sorts of opioids um to, to get him into um the state of being and mind that he felt that he needed to to create you know the utter genius that he you know um the works of art that he managed to to create during mm-hmm. his life but i think I, I i i was i think a friend of mine was telling me once that he used to get into put himself into a kind of semi sleep state of being where his mind was just entering the subconscious um, and the un- un- or unconscious state of, of sleep to then begin to kind of tap into that and then create from that 
so there are de- there definitely is something there um i guess it's Man, one of the, yeah i've heard that I've heard that called the chamber, that state before, between waking and sleeping, just before you go to right. sleep is a very active part. But, like, mm-hmm. can you imagine being tapped into it all the time, like 100% of the time? It would be very, very intense. It's, it's, that would be extremely intense. I guess it's like how strong, how how uh, how, how strong is your dedication to, to that, that kind of, that's... Um, yeah, it, it wouldn't... It might be a very incredibly creative life but not so not so enjoyable we're never we're never that far away from madness jeremy i mean i think you've got a lyric that says i've got it written down here as well it was it was pretty amazing it's um yeah the planet is a dance floor and i'm a tiny dancer you learn a lot about life when you're a necromancer i understand some of it mostly when i'm dancing it's like right that that's like jesus man to be thinking about that you have to be pretty mental (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i guess so yeah um i guess you know there's there's a lot i guess you could read into that that line um um but you know on, on the kind of on a basic level i guess it's trying to tap into the notion of um you know what it means to be you know just kind of you know what what are we all doing here the you know living in in um if you substitute the word living for dancing that kind of thing um yeah i it's the dancing part i love that i think we should be dancing mm-hmm. we should be just i don't know celebrating ourselves and because you never know when this whole thing's going to blow up you know yeah well i think that it's interesting that you picked up on that line because i think i feel like that's a line that's kind of led to the, the this next kind of um album that i'm writing at the moment which is f- you know on, on its kind of basic level about um a a disco dancer um who falls in love it's it, it, with another disco dancer in this kind of weird non non um on a, a scene a kind of world that doesn't doesn't um exist it's not a kind of you know, a real world. It's kind of made up yeah. world, but um, where everyone has their own discotheques. Um, but yeah, nice. that's what I'm kind of working on at the moment. <laughs> is that that is that the concept for the album? Have you gone back to concept land? I've gone back to concept land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, um, this mm. it's an interesting that because that is something I discussed with someone that because I was having problems trying to identify what to write about, and he was saying, "Well, what about mm. if you frame the whole thing?" <laughs> And if yeah. you frame the whole thing, and and then you can sort of like write to that and write a whole story for a whole album. Mm-hmm. And then another friend of mine said, "That's great, but you'd have to peel off more layers to do that." And I thought mm-hmm. that was good to have to peel off more layers to try and you know dig even further through a whole concept. So I think it's a, an interesting way of doing things, you know. Yeah, um, and it can inspire mm-hmm. your song titles and stuff like that. No, totally. I mean, I think it's always um, been something that I've wanted to do: create a proper concept album, which was. Um, telling a story from from the beginning to the end um, and um, I think I'd had a break from songwriting after I we after we recorded Violet Waves and um, and it wasn't until the first lockdown back in I think was at the end of March hmm. last year um, that I thought okay well maybe I'll have a go at writing songwriting again and th- that kind of idea came to me um, 
when I didn't really kind of I was probably at the same you, same as you at that point um and I wasn't really sure about what I was going to you know what direction I was going to go and um so that having that framework has certainly helped um because is you know that I guess there's a lot of things there's so much scope within the framework f- to go off in onto tangents and um or just keep to the story or you know anything in between really um yeah so yeah that's been kind of an interesting but difficult at the same time kind of um uh kind of undertaking which you know i'm still still working on it but um it has definitely been challenging to kind of you know maintain the story at the same as uh, as well as you know re- you're writing pop songs at the end of the day and kind of keeping it all um uh, kind of you know listenable and interesting mm. it's kind of yeah it's been challenging but um i think i'm, I'm i hope i'm getting that getting somewhere i'm sure you are it must be um it must be nice to write about characters and uh, how much of yourself do you put in them i mean you mm. you you're i guess you're presented as being one of your own characters a lot of the time but i, I from yeah. speaking to you you're probably not that guy <laughs> um well i mean i guess kind of you know we all, all have diff- very different you know sides to us to ourselves and our characters um yeah i do tend to write about characters um a lot or you know either uh, you know very kind of um transparently or um you know writing about them in in first person uh but yeah i guess in creating this character you're always at least kind of um putting some part of yourself into them some mm. kind of um extremity of yourself or you know kind of you know delving into dark dark sides of your own character which probably exist within all of us that you know you wouldn't necessarily want to it, it i guess it would be it's it, you know something to look at which is easier easier done within a character than it is talking about yourself mm. um or is it, or in a kind of you know it, it's it, it's expressing if it is being very critical about um actions or or um characteristics or traits then it's or you know then it's kind of um it's demonstrating you know you're that person myself or whoever's worldview in, in relation to that and so you know it kind of it's, it's all kind of related to the to the to the writer uh, in, in one way or another yeah it has to be doesn't it i mean bonnie prince billy's a master of of creating characters i think his whole persona mm-hmm. is is created essentially like he decided to be outside of the person he presents but i do feel that within his songs he has to be tapping mm. into himself because some of that stuff is so powerful and can only come from true emotion absolutely yeah i agree yeah i think um everyone who does that they they are tapping into some side of themselves i i, I believe that it, it would be disingenuous to, uh, of, of any kind of songwriter to say they are truly creating a character that mm. doesn't have something about themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's got to I mean, be a Bill reason Callahan as well. Mm. Yeah, are, are, are you um, a big fan of Bill Callahan? 
I am a big, big fan of Bill Callahan, yeah. Um, particularly his mm. Smog Days and um, mm. albums like, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I once... I wish I, I wish I were an eagle. I think is the title. I always get that one wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a back, lot of back in the red apple fall days, that kind of stuff is uh, is amazing. Yeah, right? a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really like. Mm. He's got. He has that knack for. I think uh, embodying something that only he can embody, yet sort of being slightly distant from it as well. Um, yeah. Um, I guess. I mean, it it, it 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 like when I when I heard that you were considered to be Bill Callahan on mushrooms or on shrooms, it didn't mm. it doesn't it doesn't really like come across in your music. Maybe your first album, there's more of a Bill Callahan sort of element to that. But I was like, mm-hmm. they, that was that was disingenuous to you. That wasn't that wasn't fair on you. I think you're way more than that, you know. But you right. know, I think I, I was so jealous to, to be called that. Uh-huh. I'd be like, wow, that's amazing, yeah. man. I'd like I'd be smiling all day long. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's 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 a kind of very kind of outlandish and big statement pull quote. I think it, there, within the kind of review itself, there was um, a lot of um, good insight um, and um, really interesting and you know th- thoughtful th- thoughtful considerations to the album. Um, but mm-hmm. I guess that's just kind of you know one of the one of the quotes that I just kind of took and have run with for a little bit oh yeah um <laughs> i'd have a t-shirt um, man <laughs> yeah true actually that, that that's not a bad idea actually I, I could do with some good t-shirt ideas i mean a lot of these you know these i, I don't kind of pay too much attention to them myself it's just yeah it, it's just yeah, obviously extremely nice that people um mm-hmm. take the time to kind of you know consider consider the album and and write about it and um yeah, and everyone takes different kind of things from it, really. You know, with it, with with all albums, all kind of you know, within the eye of the beholder, it's um, everyone. Um, you know, there's a lot to uh, within all music. There's a lot to read into. There's a lot of there's kind of you know the intention of the writer, and then there's um, mm. a lot of obscurities and you know different meaning for different people. And I think that's. Which is which is brilliant because you you don't want your music to be accepted by all people because that means it's sort of too easy to get you know it has to have its own mm-hmm. sort of niche cut out. Let's talk about your career because it's 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 going well. I guess it was going incredibly well until COVID hit. But you you know your first album came out was that on um, Folkwit Records? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first record. Yeah, um, that's and right. now you're with what what would probably be one of the coolest record companies I could imagine because it sounds completely right. artist friendly, right? Trapped Animal Records. How's that going? Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I mean, um, I uh, yeah, signed to them obviously before Pink Mirror, um, just after I'd re- released a one-off single called Long Hot Summer, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean they've they've they're just kind of a very small very friendly um team and it's kind of like a you know um almost like a family friendship kind of group that you that you feel like you're you're within and you know um very understanding and helpful and hardworking. so that's kind of been really good um really exciting mixture of artists on their label as well so it's kind of you know feels feels really nice to be part of that for sure 
Um, but yeah, I mean, as you said, you know, it has been a bit of a, um, a hardship for, you know, obviously not just musicians, but everyone really, um, in all mm. kind of professions and industries, um, since, um, COVID took hold, um, I kind of, you know, we had the album ready, we had the album recorded, the Violet Waves album in, I guess, I think we finished it probably in early February um, of last year. And we were mm. kind of umming and ahhing a little bit with the trip, myself and Trapped Animal about what to do with it. But I think, you know, from my own point of view, I was, um, I was always going to release it despite everything you know kind of I, I couldn't I don't think I would have been able to have just sat on it and waited to see yeah. what happens because you know you never know what's going to happen and it's all there and um, at least it gave me something to focus on musically throughout the kind of lockdown and mm -hmm. uh, period and so that I mean I'm you know it's difficult to say where it would have gone had um under normal circumstances or you know the old normal or whatever you want to call it um yeah but um but yeah i mean i'm happy that i was able to put it out really i'm just kind of um feel grateful really that i was able and, and, and kind of fortunate that you know we finished the album and we hadn't had it kind of stuck yeah, in right. limbo that would have been a lot worse um and much more difficult to deal with but um yeah i guess the kind of the main thing that that hasn't happened is the kind of touring around and gigging around the album um mm -hmm. which um which i was trying to kind of you know think about how big a part that does play and i probably I, I think i came to kind of the conclusion that most of as far as i can you know from the evidence and you know before me most of the uh biggest followers or fans uh, that I've got um, seem to have arisen from uh, from touring and from mm -hmm. playing shows I think you know people's fans that, and people that stick with your music tend to be from my experience people that have come to see you play and come back again and people because you know I don't play huge shows I tend to meet people who come to my shows at them so you kind of tend uh tend to kind of strike up a a, a, a sort of bond um mm. through meeting them and so kind of yeah that that is a kind of quite a a large um uh aspect that that has been removed from from you know yeah from music yeah i mean in terms of in terms of like growing your following, that's obviously going to be a huge dent in how you do that. Um, mm. And also the communion that that sharing of, I don't know, sharing of facial expressions and rubbing shoulders yeah. and, and feeling yeah. something as a group of people, you know, that, that your words will come across and you can see them smiling at your words. You can see them mm -hmm. exchanging glances and sort of like understanding you. That is, has to be one of the reasons to do it is to sort of create. Yeah something an experience you know and and that's obviously yeah. gone um and and then we had that obviously replaced now with live streaming or whatever you have you know which mm -hmm. is a 
if that's what we've got, then that's what we've got. But I started doing that last year and I did it for a bit mm. and I enjoyed it. But then after a while, I just, it didn't, it didn't gel for me. Have you done much of that live streaming? Um, yeah, I've tried to do, I did a couple um, in early, yeah, like kind of, you know, March time or April and maybe, mm. maybe one again sort of over the summer when I release the album. Um, it's not been something that I kind of love doing, I think, um, because obviously it's very, it you know, pales in comparison to the real thing. Um, well, actually, uh, we also did a full band live stream, which um, was kind of, yeah, it was an experience, if we put it that way. It was uh, a good one or was, a bad um, one. What happened? Tell us. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of technical issues, actually. Yeah, we, um, it, it, uh, as soon as we kind of, we went live, it kind of, the, the sound went into this feedback loop that was kind of running over and over again. And oh, the um, the the camera image just froze and distorted as well. So we kind of had to we had to. Um, I think at that point I just I, I panicked and just cancelled, uh, ended the link entirely, oh. and that that ended the whole. It killed the link that was sent around to everyone that they were supposed to be tuning into. Yeah, and so we had to kind of think of a, of a way to to start that up again under kind of very pressured circumstances but in, in the end we kind of got it done and it was it was enjoyable i think i think the people who were who tuned in did enjoy it as well apparently um from what i've heard so that is you know the other part that you had to think about it. it's not just you know how you necessarily feel about it as the performer it's the enjoyment that other people get from it as well um, yes so I yeah i think it is something that i might return to on a kind yeah. of individual basis um we'll, we'll see how things go yeah i think like a true professional has to sort of like appreciate how other people take it and but obviously it's going to affect you because that's exactly how you didn't want it to go you know you're like yes mm. we're going to do a live stream and it turns into a dead stream yeah like, oh, shit. no it was it was there was quite a lot of preparation that went into it as well and then then that happened it was um yeah i was i was stressed a little bit thrown to say the least but um yeah i managed to pull through it somehow yeah, I don't think I don't. I can't imagine you being stressed, but I could imagine how that could stress anybody. So, you yeah, seem like quite a relaxed being, human be, being to me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. But then, you know, when kind of you throw in technical issues to a live, a live stream um, circumstance, then it, I think it might get yeah. to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how do you see this um, scenario playing out in terms of how the music music industry sort of recuperates from this? Any ideas? Mm. Um, yeah, it's a real difficult one because it kind of, um, anytime you think that there's an end in sight it, and, you know, live music seems to be thinking about returning, then everything gets pushed back again, another couple of months and another couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really difficult to say, I, I think it just kind of got to, uh, take it day by day and stay hopeful about it and and also try and plan as much as possible kind of i think i've been meaning to get in touch with promoters again to see what people are thinking about there's a lot of kind of um uh you know 
new new ways of doing things i don't know i mean i don't know if you saw the flaming lips gig the other day I, that's not something that i would probably go about doing myself yeah. but um i don't know how feasible that is on a kind of widespread scale but mm. um yeah it's kind of it might just be about kind of thinking about doing things in a different way or um yeah just seeing how things develop really um yeah we've got to stay mm -hmm. hopeful on that front um perhaps um i you know think uh, maybe when the summer comes again more doing more outdoor shows it could be a way of yeah at least getting the ball rolling again yeah and i think in the meantime it's important to um just nurture your connections and i mean obviously for you i guess the lantern society was probably quite an important part of your weekly consumption oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. stuff you know and mm -hmm. how, what was your involvement like in that when did you start going there um yeah so i think that was around 2016 or mm -hmm. to that yeah something like that maybe to that maybe a bit before that 2014 15 mm -hmm. um but yeah no i think that was uh i guess you could describe it as somewhere that i really kind of fine-tuned or honed um my performing um uh i kind of you know i think because you you had Gabriel Moreno on here mm. a, a, a few weeks ago, I saw that. Yeah, and so he um, he obviously runs the show there or did when it was going, um, and yeah, he was kind of you know a, a real kind of uh, a great character and encouraging character, especially for you know I would say definitely for me and a lot of other people um, mm. when I you know, first started performing, I, you know, I, I think I'd been doing stuff like the open mic circuit here in London mm. and um, a lot of really bad shows and you stumble across something like the Lantern Society where it's kind of a packed out um, upstairs room every, every, every fortnight and a kind of really electric, um, incredible atmosphere, um, you know, pin drop, audiences when you're performing you kind of really kind of focuses the mind of uh to uh you know you kind of you know either sink or swim really mm -hmm. um and i kind of really i guess fine-tune I, I i always had you know I, I had songs at that point i think i had a song called kathleen which i'd sent to gabriel that he was um you know, uh, it, it was a song that I kind of played around a lot and kind of opened some doors to me at that time. And so I'd play that song pretty much every two weeks um, and then kind of got the confidence to kind of keep writing and performing more mm. from that. But yeah, that was that was an important, um, an important scene for me, starting out yeah. for sure. It's a safe space, isn't it? I mean, that that's the important thing about it. These are your, mm. these are these are your. I mean, your peers, but also your blanket. You know, they'll yeah, they'll they'll. I think it was. I described this described as like you're being hugged into shape. Right. Okay. So have you played there as well? Then yeah. Do you know what, man? I haven't. I'm really embarrassed okay, to say. Okay. For some reason, like I, I when I came, I came to London from from Ireland um, mm -hmm. in 2006 or something like that. Two do what you're saying like play the open mics and stuff and i started doing like ear music and things like that i don't know if you know that oh yeah um yeah 
various events around the place and the lantern for some for some reason i never went there and i feel really bad about that and okay I, yeah. um some of the artists who've gone through there are people that i know and myself and gabriel have a lot in common with the people we sort of like nurtured over the years and stuff but yeah. he is the captain of the lantern society you know and, and i think that it's important now to keep that safe space going i mean presumably mm. you're still in touch with him and stuff and you can share ideas oh yeah yeah yeah. No, I speak to, yeah 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 i speak to gabriel a lot and actually a kind of a lot of my really good friends that I've made, um, that, you know, the friends I stay in touch with on a daily basis are friends that I've made from that scene, from the Lantern Society scene. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it absolutely is, you know, it's kind of, it's peer, I, I, exactly how you describe it, peers, but also everyone's very supportive of each other. And that's mm. thankfully, you know, still continues as people's yeah, kind of, how you know, music has does it tends to has um progressed and careers have kind of moved on and stuff yeah everybody's improving together you know i think it's it's great to have that that bar that you know that's raised it's like the opposite mm. to that what's that game where you have to walk under a bar it's like it's the other way around that the, oh, right. yeah, the bar yeah. is raised yeah. and you have yeah. to climb a little bit higher you know all the time um, yeah, and, yeah. and and Gabriel Gabriel's improving all the time as well, which is amazing because he's fucking great. <laughs> but yeah, he is yeah, yeah. like it's. I think his lyrical acuity is amazing. Like it's just it must be really amazing to be around people like that and grow in such yeah. a way. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, no, as you say, it's kind of everyone's, um, yeah, raising the bar for each other. And you, you, when I first arrived, I kind of felt very uh, in awe of um the quality of songwriting um of 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 the people who would, who had been performing there for a while and that kind of opened my eyes and into kind of you know um realizing you know I, I still kind of you know could improve you know there's there's so, so much scope and so much like you know songwriting improvement to be had and that, you know I guess that kind of never really leaves you kind of you know you should never kind of stand still keep kind of trying to push into different areas and yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely accountability is a wonderful driver you know you need to be accountable you know um yeah how how do you how do you see it going then over the next i mean obviously you've got the album to make are you going to be able to go into a studio to make that is it at a stage when you can record it yet you're still writing um, so yeah, I'm de- definitely um, still writing. Coming, to, I think, hopefully, coming towards the end of um, getting at least most of the songs that I want to, or at least that I have ideas to write mm-hmm. um, about, done. Um, and I think I'm not really thinking about getting back into the studio yet. Um, first of all, I think I'm gonna gonna try and use this time that I have and you know inside to kind of improve my home recording abilities to an extent uh, where I can just at least have um some fuller demos because what I mm-hmm. probably used to do was kind of create some basic demos of the songs and I would go to the band with ideas for um parts and places that they could play on what kind of what kind of style and um or you know actual parts that they could they could um contribute to the songs before then you know then rehearsing those and then going into the studio i think 
I'm kind of this time around uh, I've got more of a clear idea of parts I could do myself whether or not it's on the guitar or on the keys and um, creating a kind of you know a fuller sound um, before I take it to anyone else I think that's what yeah, I'm trying mean, to do it's, it's an interesting creative tool like I, I am into the idea of um, songs just being written on a guitar and, and, and with a pen and paper and a guitar but also when you start producing them you do find that they do lead somewhere else um, and, and I find that quite a useful creative tool to improve it, production you know so I think you'll enjoy that process as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've kind of um, increasingly so since, you know, when I first started writing songs and the the, the first couple of EPs that I made um, where it, the kind of the, the, the songwriting process and then the production process were almost two separate in entities and mm -hmm. um, two kind of... Um, you know, worlds unto themselves. Um, it's increasingly kind of more um, joined up, at least, you know, within my own head to begin with. Um, as I'm writing songs, I tend to kind of then develop, uh, or, or, you know, immediately start to develop how it's going to go production-wise and what kind of instrumentation will go where and different parts mm. um, and so on. So, yeah, that's... Yeah. Something that is, yeah. How do you how do you feel about social media these days? Do you use social media? Are you a, are you a fan? Um, yeah, I mean, I use it. I use it. Um, you know, kind of begrudgingly. It's kind of you know have a. Um, it's not something that I really enjoy doing, but you know, it's a good way of connecting mm. with people. Um, with, and you know, it's an it's a necessary tool really to, and it's a good tool really to. to um, to, to share your music and your updates with people who follow you and that, I guess yeah. that's the kind of that's the way to to view it I don't kind of have I don't actively use it um, apart from apart from when I have music to share and you know kind of keeping yeah, yeah. keeping it going and is, you know, is, making people you know not forget that I'm still around yeah is Facebook the main one you use or do you use Instagram? Um, or I guess like Facebook that? and uh, Facebook and Instagram mostly, and I have a Twitter account, but it's mostly for retweets. God, I've got that as well. Twitter, yeah, yeah I, I just can't figure it out. I'm, I'm not, I can't do anything in eighty characters or less. Like, it's either nothing or yeah. a lot. Um, uh, it's funny for for me though. Looking like you, you don't have nowhere near enough followers, man. I'm surprised, like that, right. you, with three albums of that incredible quality. Like, why mm. are you not more well known? Do you know? Yeah. Why? Well. Um, that's, uh, you know, that, that's a question that I don't have an answer to. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, it could be, it could boil down to something as simple as, you know, the way I use social media, maybe, you know, it's not kind of, I don't have the, the right approach or the right kind of, you know, character to really kind of put myself out there as much as I could, um, Right, but but I don't know. I would hate honestly. if that was the case, though. That would be very very sad if if it all came down to how you are on Facebook. You know, it's. Yeah, um, well. I mean, yes, luck is a part of the equation, but you've got PR as well, right? You've got PR people doing your campaigns mm -hmm. and stuff. You've got really good videos. You get mm -hmm. good reviews. Like mm. it's. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's not an easy one to talk about. Like I'm sure you're like also going for fuck's sake. Yeah, I put uh, out I mean, these records. Yeah, like. It, it, 
a couple more, you know, a, a thousand more um, followers here and there on different different um, social media pages, um, and you know, I guess, you know, more importantly than that, than um, you know, being able to have uh, to sell more records, really fundamentally, mm. that would be that would be um, the best kind of arbiter. Of, of mm-hmm. the way things are going but yeah it's 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 it, it would I, I would you know it's a million dollar question i would love to know the answer to myself but um yeah, yeah. keep plugging away um yeah it's not something that kind of you know it's not something that i overly think about i guess um uh i just you know keep doing what i'm doing and then um you know try different avenues each time and we'll see where it gets we'll see where it takes me are you are you self-published um in what sense in do you have a publishing company like so there's published? a publishing company yeah linked um with uh trapped animal records called white pack okay. music yeah um, yeah, yeah cool yeah um so do they're they... kind of on board to try and get things like sync Mm. uh sync deals and stuff like that but um yeah as far as i'm aware nothing's uh been forthcoming up until now yeah i think it's it's really because out of all the people i could think of i think when i look at what you've done it does i don't know man i feel i feel bad like i feel like it's it's like <laughs> the world should be uh, not not it's not it's, it's about record sales of course validation screw that you don't need the validation because you're already validating what you do by liking what you do yourself you know and that's right. going to grow you're going to make better and better music all the time but what you don't want to happen what we don't want to happen is for you to be in a position where you can't make another record and, and where you decide to mm-hmm. do something else because man you're going to get better and better you know you're in touch yeah. with something you're presenting something of course you're mm-hmm. a lifer right I, I would say i'm a lifer man i'm in this i'm in this come hell or high water i'm going to do this until the day i die because if i don't do it till the day i die i'll die before the day i die if you know what i mean like so yeah no absolutely i mean i can't i don't i I can't see a point in my life where i wouldn't have um the urge to write songwriting you never really know what's going to happen obviously but um Hmm. uh, it's kind of like it's such a um a coexisting part of my life i don't know um really what i would do with my time like you know my free time if if I didn't have that, I, yeah, I, I think. Well, I mean, maybe I would just watch more TV. I don't really know. Maybe that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? Um, but yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something that's that's part of um, me, and and um, I can't really see that stopping because, as you say, it would be a it'd be a weird existence not to have not to keep doing that. Um, yeah. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, if coming back to the kind of thing about, you know, followers and so on, it's not something that I really kind of dwell on too much. It's just I keep going. If I can get the funds to make another record, which hopefully I will, um, you know, applying to... Where does your funding come from? Does your record company pay for your records? Are you PRS funded? Well, the last one was uh, through PRS Music, through an open fund. Um, And so I'll be applying to various funds again to try and get more money for recording um mm-hmm. hopefully to happen at some point this year um and so yeah, yeah. well and just taking taking each each uh each moment each album as it comes kind of almost like on a day-by-day basis 
Yeah. Well, do you do what do you do? You work outside of music? Do you have to work? To uh, bills living in London. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, a, a variety of different things. Right. Some music related. Yeah. Um, creating music for um for uh, uh for companies and others kind of you know um freelance i'm doing a kind of freelance project for a publishing company at the moment that my bandmate works for um so yeah lots of different things also gardening you, as well you, actually garden uh, look ooh, oh man see off, they were on the same page here so i i do i do that as well i do like i do sync music library music are you mm -hmm. talking about library music and sort of like writing for commercial purposes mm-hmm Right, I do yeah. that, and also like I've just I can do like a bit of gardening work up the road because I think hands right. in the soil and stuff. It's very good for your yeah. head not to do music sometimes. Um, Absolutely. In terms of in terms of the sort of commercial music making, have you ever found that that's attacked your muse in some way to do such things? Um, uh, le not so much, really. To be honest, it's uh, it's kind of something completely separate. I'm going to be able to kind of separate the two things. Wow, um, how have you managed quite that successfully? Um, I guess, I guess because you know, I guess you you got um, just a very kind of different brief um, and a different kind of set set time that you, that you kind of allow yourself that you mm. set aside to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I come I've come up with a few songs and gone like, oh god, this is too good. I can't give this to the library, and then I sort of keep it myself. And then several months later, I'm like, shit, I should have given it to you know right okay. to the library or something you know um i i have a publishing deal myself and and the before like i used to work as a writer for like a ninja tune and that was mm -hmm. cool like they'd send me briefs and i think one of the interesting things about production is that you can do something that you would never normally do and that's really healthy you know to do that sort of thing right. then my publisher i signed a publishing deal a year ago and obviously because coronavirus came there's less briefs uh, mm -hmm. but they send me stuff from time to time i do work well to a deadline I would like to be mm -hmm. busier. I think the answer to this whole thing is that if the commercial music was to make enough money to justify doing it, then my muse wouldn't have a problem with it. The music would okay. be like, that's okay. Go make a bit of money so I can do my thing, you know, when the time comes. And there is a healthy balance to be struck there. Right, right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I guess um, it depends what it is and how complex it is um, that you're having to create mm -hmm. for for the non-muse um, side of things, mine tend to be kind of, you know, shorter um, kind of video pro promo kind of kind of uh, creation. So it doesn't really overlap with what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to create for my own, for my own music. Yeah. And, and you're working with somebody else as well for mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm, yeah, exactly. That really helps, man, working with somebody else because then you can, you can sort of like, divide your time mentally speaking um mm. well look man it's been a real really pleasure to sort of get to know some about your songwriting and how you approach things very very different from myself but also right. i feel yeah. the same sort of energy within you at least a, a commitment to the song a commitment to presentation of the idea you know it's a really powerful thing to possess thank you very much yeah there seems to be kind of yeah quite a lot of um overlapping um you know synergies despite our kind of different approaches but yeah, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. You've been very inspiring, man. Uh, is there any chance you play me a song? Are you, in, are you set up to play a song? You don't have to, of course, if you don't want to, man. Um, it is up to yeah, yourself. Yeah, sure, I could do that. Uh, I guess it would just go both... I've got my acoustic guitar just behind me. 
Yeah, so man, that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, play it, just she wouldn't mind. I'd love that. Oh, thanks very much, man. No, that's all right. Um, I haven't played this song in a while, but I'm going to play The Beast, if that's... Good. <laughs> cool. Okay. city I'm going home alone I've been lying to myself living through a telephone for once I'm gonna listen to my mother and wear that warm coat that she bought me I'm gonna wake up naturally and go out walking or something cuz I'm putting the beast to bed let it sleep in my head The rage in its belly dies down Dissipates in the surroundings And as it falls into a trance My inner child is dancing set free I read recently that if you walk barefoot on the earth it transmits all these electrons into your body and has health benefits so naturally I've been doing this all the time in between any other hippie crap I find online I remember the Atlanta. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna go straight to the chorus, man. Sorry. Cause I'm putting the beast to bed. Let it sleep in my head. The rage in its belly dies down. Dissipate. In these surroundings And as it falls into a trance My inner child is dancing And set free So I haven't played that song in a... In probably over a year so <laughs> oh i don't care it was fucking brilliant man i i i, I had to uh, mute my microphone because i knew i was probably gonna laugh when you said all that other hippie crap so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you put a smile on my face man thank you so much for playing okay, i really appreciate well. it man um, thank you so much enjoy Steve, the rest really of your enjoy chatting to you brilliant my friend I'll, I'll see you again in london soon man i'll see you at a gig i look forward to it mate that'd be that'd be fantastic yeah it'd be great to meet in person thanks a lot thanks a lot Steve. yes Cheers. man take care jeremy Bye-bye. Okay, bye. 
Well, there you go. What a lovely chat that was with Jeremy Tuplin. And he is such a supreme artist. I have to say, I've been blown away again by the quality of people that have come my way to be spoken with about their songwriting processes. Are remarkably different from the way that I do things, that's for sure. I think we've established that quite firmly. But I really think it's a powerful way of getting into your idea as well as to sort of identify something that is driving you. You know, it's there in the back of your mind and you have to write about it all the time. You're, you're, you're driven to it by its very existence. And uh, I think that's something I should try to pay more attention to. But um, I, as a writer myself, I guess I'm more of the not hidden hope, but sort of like I, I, I could liken it to uh, hitting a ball away and then having the ball bounce off a wall and smack into me. And I'm realizing why the hell it hit me and what that felt like. Um, but that's an interesting thing to compare your processes. And I think that we all end up in a similar sort of place with songs that do come from somewhere they needed to come from. I'd like to take this opportunity to especially thank Jeremy Topping for coming on the show and chatting with me and I really firmly advise you go and check out his music, listen to his records, do what you can and check out his videos, there's some brilliant stuff going on there, really, really firmly brilliant stuff. Keep an eye on this guy, his career is going to hopefully blossom and bloom and he'll be making many, many albums and I look forward to talking to him at album 20 in about five years time, eh Jeremy? <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, I hope you're enjoying yourselves. It's a lovely snowy day here in Suffolk and uh, we're still in the uh, start of February some way through this pandemic thing and uh, having a good time, meeting some good people. Uh, so take good care of yourselves and enjoy your creative flow. See ya.